Welcome to the Content Minds. My name is Ryan Roderick, and I am buzzing with energy about the possible revival of ska music that could be happening any day now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I am Belly, and uh, we have an election tomorrow here. Uh, for mayor? Is this the mayor? We have, uh, so in London, in my bit of London, we have, uh, uh, we have five votes. I have five votes tomorrow. Uh-huh. I'm electing a mayor, but I get two votes for mayor. Uh, I'm electing a London Assembly member, two London Assembly members, and uh, a local councillor. It's five votes. Wow, that's a lot of votes. Yeah. You guys um, should vote to remove your council from London and uh, become a sovereign community. That's on the ballot. Okay, good. I, I assume that's on every British ballot for everything now. There, there is a there is a, L- a London mayor standing who whose entire thing is London pendants. Really? Yeah. It's not Lexit. No, it's London pendants. Because that doesn't. Like, well, the people he's trying to get are very pro London, who are also very anti Brexit. So you can't have the exit in there at all. You can't have Lexit. Okay. Yeah. Also, Lexit means left wing Brexit. Oh. That was a whole thing. <laughs> Welcome to the show. This week, we are talking about Gen Z. We're going to focus on uh, an interesting new TikTok trend where Gen Z are trying to use technology to manifest uh, cheat codes for reality. But I assume we're going to be taking a larger look at that whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) We just need to keep doing these check-ins like every, I don't know, every year as we get older. And they'll be like, what are the kids up to? I think we gotta do a quarter this is this is this is our first quarterly Gen Z check-in. Okay, I'm down with that. We've done them before, but yeah, yeah we'll make it regular now and, and we'll as time goes on, we'll get increasingly confused by what's happening. Yeah, this is this is we're we're gonna we're gonna do a, a, a good Q one survey of what Gen Z's been up to this year, and then we'll check back in like uh end of July. Cool. All right. But before we get there, Luke, how's the internet this week? Um, I think I'm going to have a different sense of the internet this week, but this, we, the, the internet's felt weirdly organized. Like, I have not experienced mm. it being chaotic at all. I've not experienced, like, anything, like, really going haywire. It's felt like it's it's kind of ticking over like it's supposed to. In many ways, it also feels, at least on my end, a bit empty. It sort of feels like everyone's kind of got, like, away messages up, and, like, I don't know if it's springtime or if it's vaccinations, but the internet seems a little bit quieter and a little bit smaller than it typically does. Well, maybe that's because the king is back. Guy Fieri? No, Donald Trump. Oh, Donald Trump. (laughs) Ah, yes, Donald Trump, the Guy Fieri of politics, correct. (laughs) That actually brings us to the first thing we have on our docket for today, which is Trump is still banned from Facebook indefinitely but is only allowed to be indefinitely suspended from facebook for six months and then facebook will have to decide theoretically what to do with him but also he's now created a not twitter account which now is tweeting messages from him it's all very complicated so like let's take this step by step let's start with the oversight board so luke how do you feel about this decision by the facebook oversight board i mean i think that Facebook appointing a board to oversee itself and paying that board uh, means that, you know, 
their board is guaranteed to be independent of Facebook and make no decisions that would benefit Facebook in any way. Uh, and it's definitely not uh, just a way to remove any responsibility for decisions away from Facebook onto a group of other people that it can uh, wash its hands off. Um, the decision itself is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the decision the decision for people who haven't read it because you have better things to do with your life, um, the oversight board has decided that Donald Trump will remain indefinitely suspended from the platform, but Facebook, the company, has six months to decide whether or not that will remain. And at the end of that six months, they need to say, okay, he's gone for good or he's not gone for good. Um, it's very dumb and extremely tedious, and I'm glad we all got our uh, all got in our druthers about it and everyone had a big freak out for nothing. Um, I think the oversight board is interesting. I think it's the most... Uh, academic and transparent discussions of uh, internet moderation we've probably ever seen, which is kind of cool. I like that. I enjoy that. I don't know about academic. It's only the most influential. Like my take on it would be that there are very few academics who are into disinformation there. Oh no, I didn't mean like academic. Like they're academics. I mean, like oh, you meant pointless. We... <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, old rich people just doing fuck all sure. uh, for the for the sake of it. No, but it is in a sense like. It is the closest we're getting to like some kind of like tribunal discussing these matters and like taking it ex like probably way too seriously, but taking it pretty seriously in a public sphere. And like we don't really get that. We don't really have that. But Facebook you know? doesn't have to do anything. It can just just it can just say like that's cool oversight board. Um, thank you for your input. We're going to ignore you. And there's nothing anything can do other than be no like, one everyone's can do like, anything. I can't believe Facebook would do this. Right. Like, well, Facebook doesn't have to do anything, and Facebook can get yeah. rid of the board at any time. I assume the entire thing is an exercise in Facebook slowly becoming some kind of nation state. I mean, someone tweeted today that it is absolutely wild that people are waiting for a decision from the, the Facebook oversight board as though it was something coming down from the Supreme Court. Right. I mean, and it's nothing. Like, actually, when you want to get to it, what is more powerful, the Supreme Court or Facebook? Well, see, this is it. Facebook understands that it's reaching a scale where it really it cannot be non-political. It is an inherently political entity because it, there's just too many people. It's like the Catholic Church and Facebook are the two largest transnational organizations of people in human history. And, and I both think have Facebook, only ever done good. Both have never caused a single war or <laughs> conflict. And I think at a certain point, you have to create some sense that there's some kind of like – law body there there like, you can't get to this size and just go like you, you have to have something you, ha you have to have something even if it's meaningless and this is what this is it is a this is like all the cardinals who are saying like actually aliens can be catholic like that's what this is yeah it's it's really close to that um nick clegg's involved somehow uh as, as alan rusbridger as it's actually there's a weird like it's number weird. there's a weird number of british politicians like who are vaguely related to it and people who are related to British politics. Do you know it's it's the head of it is oh god, this is gonna be this is such an unnecessary Labour Party bullshit, but the head of it is actually the uh ex Danish Danish or Finnish, Danish Prime Minister who is married to the Labour MP Stephen Kinnock, who is the son of the former Labour leader Neil Kinnock, who is a big bold Welshman whose speeches Joe Biden ripped off in the eighties. Wow, that was there was a lot there. Yeah, I mean, I for one am shocked. 
that a bunch of upper middle class white men vaguely connected to neoliberalism in the UK are <laughs> happily helping a company automate surveillance capitalism. I'm very shocked that all of those men would be interested in doing that. I mean, this is the bullshit to me. Like, is is all these people are interested in it, but fundamentally you're absolutely correct that they're outsourcing moderation, but they're not actually outsourcing moderation. Like, if the Supreme Court makes a decision, it means that every other court has to follow that decision, unless yes. it wants that to get appealed up to the Supreme Court. If the Facebook Moderation Board makes a decision, it goes like, and we have made the decision, and Facebook's three other moderators will go like, all right, cool, I guess we won't ban any American presidents, or we will continue to ban American presidents. We'll never have to make that decision again for at least another eight years. Yeah, I mean, have you gone through the oversight board's like list of cases and like just taken a look at what they're ruling on? But there's no one to enforce saying? them. There's no one to enforce them. It doesn't this matter it. what they say. It doesn't matter. And and like they put recommendations in there, and it's like, okay, we're all just like gonna. It, it's like it's like playing house it's like you can you can make fake tea as much as you want in your dollhouse but like it doesn't really matter what you recommend to facebook they don't have to do anything it's like if the it's the post-apocalypse america has fallen there are roving bands of like marauders and murderers and zombies and everyone is fighting and shooting and for some reason some reason the supreme court is still locked and the Supreme Court justices are still in there, like, handing down decisions, being like, here's how you should deal with the zombies. And everyone else is outside just, like, getting fucking murdered by all the zombies. And yeah, You're describing like, oh, cool, that thanks. one season of Alexandria from Walking Dead, I think. Yeah, possibly. It's where all the po- politicians in D.C. live in, like, the starter home like community with the wall and the wall falls and they all no, die. They're protecting yeah. themselves. They're not going out. They're not like going up to the edge of the wall and like handing out a leaflet to someone who's like on the other side, scrabbling to get in and being like, Hey, we're okay with you killing the zombies. Well, actually, Bye. I mean, to get, a, to get pretty high minded here, like, you know, governments have militaries and law enforcement. <laughs> Facebook and, should have a military <laughs> and weapons. And that's how they make you do things. They say like, you have broken our rules, and now we will use force to punish you. That is kind of the deal. That's it, right? And some, and sometimes they will use force against people who did not deserve to have force used against them. I, I have no idea what you're referring to. But <laughs> so then there's also the situation where something like the Catholic Church has like going to hell. That's like its main. I mean, it has it has a military. It has other things. It has lots of money. But like at the end of the day, like if you break the Catholic Church's rules, you. <laughs> Suffer for eternity after you die. Or, or more accurately with the Catholic Church's rules. Suffer for eternity while you're alive, yeah. No, you're, move, you're moved to another diocese in Boston just around the corner. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, yes. Yes, that also true. They'll just move you around forever. Yeah. But, like, with Facebook, right now they're basically trying – like, we're watching in real time Facebook try to figure out, like, how it punishes you because, like – it doesn't have a military. There is no hell. I mean, if I'm removed from Facebook, I'm essentially um, removed from hell. I'm, yeah, I'm pulled <laughs> out of hell. I'm saved. No, but like what they're trying to figure out is how, like we're watching them transition from being a business into being some sort of other thing because they don't want you to leave. Like that's the problem. Like no. they don't want to remove you. So they have to figure out like how to create some sort of weird system to punish you. It's like that. That's what this is. Uh, we're watching them create like, but they have know. created nothing. That's the the yeah. wild thing it's about all, this. It's all meaningless. Th- their solution is like, uh, I don't know. I guess we'll just have to carry on banning the guy 
but also you have to like come up with how long you'll ban him. Like, oh god, like just imagine how insanely toothless you are as an organization to say, <laughs> um, we agree with your decision, but your decision wasn't specific enough. Like, come on, right. say yes or it's, no on it. Like, it's honestly very guardian. <laughs> the fact that Alan yeah. Rushbridge is involved, it feels very like. Yeah, all of them sort of feel like very high-minded, like Guardian Weekender, like opinion pieces. It needs it needs just one person in there who has been had their brain totally melted by doing the disinformation beat for the last five years. Uh, well, all those people just... are on the real oversight board, which is like a renegade oversight board that like Kara Wallader and people set up. Well, I mean, really, there's three. There's three dis- <laughs> oversight boards. There's the the, the official one. There's the Carol Cadwallader one where they assume that the whole thing is done by Russia. Yeah. And the kind of like the wild-eyed people who are saying uh, the, the problem is the algorithm and everyone's brains being ruined by it, uh, who are just constantly tweeting about like, this thing is fake. The disinfo yes. tweeters. And like, there should be one of each of those two on there as well. I agree, but then that would make it an effective organization and that defeats the whole purpose. I mean, I guess technically there's a fourth oversight board, which is just journalists who keep finding things that Facebook should be moderating. Yeah, man, that whole beat is just such a just such a slog. Be- yeah. Like your whole job is to just work for Facebook for free. Um, How are we going to moderate the next big social network? The desk of Donald Trump. Let's yeah okay. So let's do this. Let's let's get to the next piece of this because Donald Trump has created on his website a. It's so dumb. It's so incredibly dumb. So DonaldTrump.com has a page now called Desk. DonaldTrump.com/slash/desk, and DonaldTrump.com/slash/desk is a Twitter feed essentially. Yeah, and. It's just him. It's just his tweets, basically. Um, For instance, on the 3rd of May, he wrote, So nice to see Rhino Mitt Romney boot off the stage of the Utah Republican State Convention. They are among the earliest to have figured this guy out, a stone-cold loser. I'm a big fan of the fact that it's also clearly not him writing. Like, we, we knew while he was in the White House, like, after a while, you could tell the tweets that he wrote and the tweets that people wrote attempting to sound like him. Yeah, no. So you can you can see, and you can always see when he was in the White House, the tweets that he wrote and the tweets that his staff wrote, trying to sound like him. And this doesn't feel like his tweets. No, I mean, first of all, they're they're like even with the ca- with the capitalization, they're still correctly punctuated. Like, yeah, you know that they're not him because many of them end in exclamation. Like, there's an exclamation point at the end of the final message, and like, no real tweeter is putting a period at the end of the second sentence in their tweet. Some of them are long as well. He has got some like really long ones there. It's all nuts. And to make things even more nuts. Hi there, Ryan from the future here. We're about to talk about a Twitter account that was tweeting uh, messages from the Donald Trump desk webpage. Right after we recorded this segment, it was suspended by Twitter. There is no link uh, that has been found between the Twitter account and Trump's team, but it has been suspended. So that's fun. Back to your regularly scheduled podcast. There is now a Twitter account called at DJT Desk, which only has, actually it has under 2,000 followers, which is interesting. And uh, it is posting the messages from the website. I'm unclear if it's connected to the website. I mean, it it says it's not Donald Trump tweeting, which I'm assuming 
I mean, you have to put that in, I guess. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, like, it doesn't, like, it's all just, a, like, ridi- uh, ridiculous. Like, it's a ridiculous thing. <laughs> like, all of it is just stupid. I mean, there is, there is a, uh, I tweeted this, but there's a joke in, in the American version of The Office about Creed and they give him a, a fake website so that his thoughts don't have to go on the internet and be experienced by anyone else. And this does kind of feel like what's happened here. Yes, yes, it does. And also, like, we know, we know that Donald Trump used Twitter because he craves bullying people. Yeah. Like, that's that's it. It doesn't, he has nothing interesting to actually say. He just wants to, like, call Rosie O'Donnell fat and like scream at people and he yeah. can't do that and he definitely can't do that siloed off on his little website like th- this is the thing he's not he's not like a like a um, like a compulsive poster he's a compulsive like tr- like troll like he doesn't want to just like express himself he wants to like hurt people and he can't do that when he's like putting time out yeah he, and he's he's clearly struggling to make it it work behind the the wall that he has inadvertently ended up behind. It's very ironic that he is yeah. behind a wall. Yes. Speaking of a completely insane construction of a madman, um, I want to show you this picture of a house, and I want you for our listeners to explain what okay. you're seeing. All right, so this is a tweet from a guy called D-Doctor. Uh, okay. <laughs> just, take a, just just paint a, paint a picture. Okay, right. This has to be Photoshop, right? I stared at it for a while. I mean, I don't know. Okay, I don't know so... enough about houses to know if this is real or not. <laughs> so it is a uh, a McMansion, but it's kind of the boss McMansion. Uh, it is the the McMansion to end all McMansions. Every single window's in the wrong place and also the wrong shape. Uh, it is. Oh god, it's so hard to describe this photo because it looks like. I want to start with like a, a basis of it. It's like this house, but it's not. It's not like any house. It's not like anything I've ever seen. Um, it's it's a th- okay. It's as though Charles drew a house, like you know the classic <laughs> children's drawing of a house, but it's yes. three story. It's three stories, uh, and has one, two. On the ground floor, it has four windows yes. of three different types. Yep. Two are full length floor to ceiling windows, and then. Between those two are is another window, and then there's another like normal sash window at the end. Yep. The floor above there's two sash windows, and then another floor to ceiling window that is square. So it's a, a so we've now up to we're now up to seven windows of four different types, <laughs> and then the floor above has another four windows. One of which is like a circular window up in the eaves. One of which is a another window that looks is the shape of a mini house, and then there's two further sash windows. So we're now up to uh, what is that? <laughs> Uh, I, I can't even. I can't even count this. Um, that is eleven. It is eleven. It is eleven windows of six types, six different types of windows, all on, across three floors on an otherwise featureless wall. And I should emphasize how featureless this wall is. It is grey. Yeah, there's nothing to it. I have some. I have some fantastic news for you. Okay. In the time that you were rattling off all of the different windows, I was able to do a little digging. I found it. I found the house in real life. Oh, it's real. It's in Kansas City. Sure. I found the street view on Zillow. It is confounding. 
It is a it is a truly confounding house. It is the the Zillow estimate for its price is two hundred fifty eight thousand dollars. Jesus Christ! <laughs> but to explain the rest of this house, this initial <laughs> thing is not the main part of the building. Then there's another building that goes back behind it, which for some reason has four floors and a a double height like garage in a double like carport, whatever the fuck that is. I don't know. Uh, and then it's. And then it's got a turret at the end. It looks like what they, they they had a house, and then they built a garage into the house. And they're like, okay, but we want more house. So then they built a second house in front of half of that house and combined yeah. them. It looks like it's two houses combined that they haphazardly added no, a no, garage no, no, no. There, to. There's not another part of the house. like there's Because otherwise the other part of the house would just be a turret on its own. No, 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 because the house goes on. Look, look, look closely. The house, there is a house, and then they've added another house in front of it. Maybe. Okay, now I'm on Google Street View. It is real. I'm looking at it. It is, it is the, very the, real. The double height, like, garage is really throwing me off. I don't understand where that's come from. Well, I assume it, they didn't have a garage, and they were like, we need a garage. Like, has, has the guy got a monster truck? Maybe the guy has a monster truck. Well, it's in Kansas City. He could be driving a monster truck. I, I should emphasize the top of this garage door comes to about two-thirds of the way up the, the second story. But the second story isn't even like... It doesn't seem like it's tall enough to even stand in, unless that whole structure is the garage. I mean, yeah. Tr- uh, mm, no, I mean, it, there's strong. I think there's a floor that, above the garage that goes across... Into the, into the turret. <laughs> I mean, the turret is without question. No, I, w- I was about to say the most insane part of this, but I don't think that's true. I I don't know what is the most insane part of this because it's all confounding to look at. It is, yeah. Every I don't understand why I don't understand any element of this, and every angle, new angle I look at it from on the Zillow thing makes me more confused. Have you have you found the angle from the, like the left hand side of it? Uh, yes, I have found it. Where it has like I don't know, two dozen. There's so many more windows. There's yeah. so many more windows. Okay, oh, hey, hold on. There's one, two. The left side of the house, which you can't see in the photo you're looking at, has 11 more windows on it. Yes. And that's that's a lot of windows. There's so many windows. And they seem to be in completely random places. Yeah, that I don't understand why. They're not evenly spaced. They're, they're not even... Oh, God. They're not even spaced up and down. It's... <laughs> oh, this house. Well, I'm furious that this thing has, like, no indoor photos no it doesn't i've been trying to find any there aren't any oh god i would desperately like to see what this the fucking thing looks inside but man this thing's real it's real and it is yeah it's very real i'm looking at it i'm looking at it right now um it's amazing it's just oh god do you want to talk about gen z now we should talk about gen z now all right let's do it I want to thank the dozens of you that have sent me uh, this tweet in the last couple days. Uh, I sent it to to Luke, and I was like, "We got to talk about this." So the the tweet is from a Twitter account called 
uh, Krista Peterso, I guess Chris Chris Christapperso, yeah. Um, and it, it, the caption the caption is the Zoomers are trying to input cheat codes into reality, and it screenshots many similar looking TikToks that give you uh, number codes for things like lucid dreaming, reality shifting, uh, money, good a grades, car. a new car. Uh, your dream job. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the fact that all this stuff is like together. It's like money and love and good grades. And it's like, right, sure. That's that's what the the, the metaphysical occult shit is after. They want to give you good grades. I like the one that is just for everything is possible, and it's like a huge number. <laughs> um, and I guess like I had a question where I was like, what do you do with these numbers? And I guess you say them out loud. No, no, you write them down. I thought you say them out loud. You can write them down. You can say them out loud. You can put them under your pillow or on your wrist or something. They're just numbers. So these numbers are based on uh, Grabovoy codes, which um, I'm going to get a definition of from a very good website called manifestandflow.com. <laughs> What are Grabovoy numbers? You're probably wondering what are Grabovoy numbers and what do they do? Grabovoy numbers have been around for years and years, but they are gaining traction and popularity now due to TikTok. They use radionic signatures to manifest and fix various life ailments. They are developed by the controversial Russian psychic Grigory Grabovoy using his radionic machine. The theory is based on the fact that all people in life forms share common ground. Through electromagnetic fields on Earth, we are all connected in some way. The numbers are cheat codes of the universe that work within our system to manifest and heal. Okay. That is... Okay. I mean, we should talk about the guy who invented them, who is fun. Yeah. So how much do you know about Grigory Grabovoy? I only know what I discovered briefly when I Googled him before this. Uh, <laughs> And not a good guy, I would uh, say. Yeah, to, to tell, to, uh, talk, talk us through it. Yeah. So the story is he was uh, a mathematician. Uh, he became, claimed he was a healer, and he founded a system of healing, uh, the salvation, harmonious development of beings. Uh, and eventually, he um, promised the parents of victims of the uh, Beslan school siege uh, that he could resurrect their children. Uh, he did not, and was going sentenced to prison so uh a, a great person to follow her she goes by sarah h uh, her twitter account is nizumi ningen uh, i'll link to her in the show notes i've interviewed her for garbage day before she summed uh, she summed it up quite well where she she wrote hundreds of thousands of dumbass kids on tiktok are programming themselves to activate beep boop salvation codes invented by a russian math psychic who went to prison for telling the moms of russia's sandy hook times 10 that he could resurrect their dead kids for 500 bucks yeah, and uh, best of luck to the Zoomers. It seems like it might might work. What I think is really interesting, though, about this most recent one is like this is not the first time, and does definitely not seem like the last time that this kind of shit's gonna spread on TikTok in a really big way. No, I mean the thing is, this stuff has existed before. Like the millennial version of this is just astrology. Uh, the I don't know what the, the, the Gen X version is probably... Uh, I mean, they I love know. new age shit, like yoga. Yeah. And all, like they the love crystal, all that crap. Crystals, yeah. aromatherapy, all that yeah. stuff. Uh, and the boomer version is probably... Uh, what's the boomer version? Numerology, maybe? They were into numerology 
way back when. Yeah, I mean, Reagan loved numerology. Oh, and also boomers loved cults. Like, they just they straight did. up loved joining cults. Um, yeah. The last time uh, I, I went back, because I knew I had written about this before, but I couldn't remember when it was because time is nothing nowadays. But back sure. in December, I wrote about a trend on TikTok that is referenced in these TikToks. It's called shifting. And the idea was that you could uh, focus your energy on lucid dreaming and use that energy to transport yourself to like Hogwarts. Cool. So that sounds like fun. Which is, it's kind of a riff on tulpas. Do you remember tulpas? No, but I remember, I mean, I remember lucid dreaming. Tulpas were the thing where like in 2013 and 14, bronies were imagining their dream ponies so hard uh, that they were like yes. becoming real. Right. It was, it was, I mean, that in many ways was what, I mean, in many ways that was what uh, screwed Obama over uh, in the 2014 midterms because he had to murder all the tulpas. Like, it was a tulpa <laughs> massacre. Just hundreds of thousands of ponies dead everywhere. And, you know, like, he, he had to do it. He had to do it, but um, yeah. <laughs> You know, it, it just really it screwed the Democrats, and, and that, that kind of brought up Aaron Trump. I forgot that when when Barack Obama used his psychic powers to destroy all the bronies tulpas, that that's actually what caused the radicalization that allowed Donald Trump to win. Sad, sad times. So the, the tulpa concept is like a really, really big bastardization of a concept from like Tibetan mysticism. And the bronies use the term tulpamancy, and they would basically, like, focus all of their energy on creating a real-life rainbow dash or whatever, and then they could have sex with it. And my, one of my favorite genres of post for a while, and I'm still a subscriber to the R Tulpa subreddit, but my favorite sure. genre of post for a long time were, like, bronies that were having nervous breakdowns because they had been able to manifest the tulpa into real life, but then they couldn't get the tulpa to go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically what they were I think they were just describing having a nervous breakdown, but like I really I I, I found those posts very fascinating. But I, I guess like to sort of to kind of wind things wind to kind of widen the, the lens here, I guess, like why do you think Gen Z is so interested in using specifically TikTok to like alter reality? I mean the TikTok thing is just that is the most effective medium to go viral. Like that's kind of it. It's 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 it, you think TikTok- you don't think there's anything specific to TikTok that's like causing all of this like spiritualism shit to spread? No, I, I think that it is an incredibly effective. I mean, we've talked about this before in terms of the very specific, almost I don't want to say clickbait, or a watch bait, maybe where it's yeah. like watch to the end to see X. So if someone says like, "Hey, here's some magic that's going to uh, give you clear skin or good grades or millions of dollars or whatever it might be." You watch the end, like that's fine because it doesn't cost you anything because it takes like like ten seconds, fifteen seconds, or whatever. But for TikTok, that's a really strong signal, so that's just getting like really good engagement. So as a result, it is kind of hacking the TikTok algorithm. I assume that the the TikTok algorithm, which is much more opaque than many of these algorithms has been, uh, will probably work against that at some point and figure out like uh, I think it has already, but it will get more and uh, more limiting of that sort of that sort of virality, but you know, it means that you can kind of say, make these promises and make these magical uh, commitments that don't ever really need to come off because all you need to do is watch through to the end and be like, I don't give a shit. But the right. watching through to the end and saying, I don't give a shit and watching through to the end and saying the numbers out loud or writing them on your wrist or on the roof or whatever where the hell you're writing them has the same impact on the algorithm. So I don't know if it's people are engaging with it more. It's just that 
yeah, the algorithm, the TikTok algorithm is like pretty demonic. Yeah, I mean, I think that a, a lot of the people that I've spoken to at companies that have these algorithms, they like to wave away like any belief that the algorithms do anything specific. You know, for probably legal reasons, they they sure. they're very 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 quick to say like our algorithm doesn't do anything other than just show you content you want to see. Right, but that's exactly it. Like it will show you content you want to see because it's the stuff that everyone's watching. Right, and we also know that like by now, like certain algorithms set, tend to bring about certain kinds of behavior. So like on Facebook, riots seem to be the the, the big one. It seems to sure. be like if if something gains enough traction on Facebook there will be riots and they've happened in multiple right, countries. But, but Facebook doesn't optimize for for views in the same way. No, it optimizes for watch time and engagement. I think this is one of the reasons that TikTok is so weird and why dancing works on TikTok when it hasn't worked on any other format. Because like you see someone about to dance and there's kind of a moment where you go like, oh, they, no, yeah, they did dance and that's yeah. it. But it's still the kind of thing of like there is a vague curiosity gap there. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but it's a curiosity gap that's built into the thing. That is very true, and the best videos tend to use that. And so, like, yeah, like on Facebook, you 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 get like civil unrest. On YouTube, you tend to get like uh, conspiracy theories, and you get like um, you know like weird culture movements, like GamerGate stuff, like that, ComicsGate, Snyder Cut. Yeah. And then on TikTok, it seems to be. Like cults and mysticism seem to be one of the larger things that happens there. And I, I'm, I mean, my guess is it's because they're like, well, one, it's like a crazy moment in history that we're living through, but also like cults and mysticism are very visual, but also require participation. And like TikTok is a very participatory algorithm. That's true. Like That's it's, true. it's kind of like, what if planking was an entire platform? And if you like, if you follow planking to its logical conclusion, it's it's a cult. Like everyone <laughs> laid down in a random place for no reason for a while, and like any sort of like mimetic physical challenge, like the ice bucket challenge, you know, these are just things that like cults make you do. <laughs> like, that is true. I watched the uh, the WeWork documentary the other week. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, and it was fascinating because there was chunks of it where people are talking about like, is this a cult? This feels like it was sort of a cult. And there's a lot of hints at it being a cult. And one of the things it did where it kind of like found like archive video from this place uh, was people doing the Harlem Shake. Uh, and it was there was one clip of them doing the Harlem Shake. And then there was one clip of them doing the, what was the thing where everyone froze? And like the camera went around all the people like freezing in mid air. I can't remember what the name of that was. So two two fun stories about these two specific things. <laughs> if you uh find the original New York Times article about the Harlem Shake, in the photo there is an office of people doing the Harlem Shake and there is a man in a horse head uh mask. I am that man in the horse head mask. <laughs> <laughs> and the meme you're describing where people freeze in midair in photographs was called Hadoukening. Hadoukening, that was it. And I was interviewed on Japanese TV about it because I was one of the first people to write about it in America because it was like a Japanese meme first and I saw it on some yep. blog and I picked it up. And so they, uh, a Japanese news station sent people to the office to interview me and show on camera how it's done. And then when it aired in Japan, they did have 
the like panel of old Japanese men like watching from the corner of the screen being like, that's great. Mm, yes. Mm, yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, you know that. Yeah. Uh, but I know what you mean. Um, and it was, I, I, I just, I was thinking of those two kind of things and the idea that, you know, people are always doing this slightly wild stuff for, well, for clout essentially. Uh, and it, it, TikTok feeds into it in a very specific way. Uh, and I, I can't quite put my finger on it. And I, I, I always tend to blame the algorithm, but I also wonder if it's the TikTok feels very disposable in a way that not all media does. And like, it feels inherently silly almost. I have a very tough time taking any sort of cultural movement that happens on TikTok seriously, because I sort of suspect that the people doing it don't really care. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I don't know if that's my perception of Zoomers, if I don't know if that is Zoomers themselves, or if it's something else entirely. So this actually is a fantastic segue. Nice job, Luke. That was fantastic. This is a That was a great segue to the next section of our quarterly Zoomer check-in, which is... I do not know when they're being serious, and I'm not quite sure that they know when they're being serious, but it's not the same kind of like irony poisoning that millennials went through in their early 20s. This feels very different to me. I mean, I feel like I've, I may have made this, this case before, but I have always felt like Zoomers are simultaneously being serious and not serious, and it is ludicrous to think that there's a gap between them. Like you, they can say things that are both serious and not serious, and you can understand them as both simultaneously. Yeah, I mean, so I I suspect this sort of like this sort of like irony, uncanny valley that a lot of their their culture exists at is due to the fact that they're using internet slang and creating their own internet slang and then using it in both ways. Like they're being funny and ironic, but then they're also expressing like real things. And so I wanted to bring up two really good trend pieces from this week. Uh, one is from um, a friend of mine, very excellent reporter. I just interviewed her on Side Channel, which you can check out a transcript of on the Content Minds Patreon. Taylor Lorenz, who wrote, What is Chugi? You know it when you see it. And it's an excellent piece looking at essentially like a Gen Z way of describing basic. Yeah. I think it should be pronounced Chuggy, but apparently. I mean, that's it's- not how they pronounce it on TikTok. I know. So. Just- it just sounds, I mean, Chuggy is funnier to me. <laughs> <laughs> it is funnier. Than Chuggy, but fine, fair enough. And like being Chuggy is, I get it. It's like one of those things where I looked at it for like two seconds and I was like, yep, I understand what being Chuggy is. Uh, the minute I saw a, a tweet that was like, Jonathan Van Ness is Chuggy, I was like, I got it. I understand it. <laughs> I, I get it. Um, and then another really great trend piece that was sort of in conversation with Taylor's was by uh, Rebecca Jennings from Vox, also a fantastic reporter, definitely follower. And it's titled, Hey Bestie, Why Is Everyone Saying Hey Bestie Online? And <laughs> what I think is really fascinating about both Chugi and Bestie is that Bestie is, was a term that I've seen in fandom spaces forever. Like, I think I was seeing like Lana Del Rey stands or Nicki Minaj stands yeah, calling yeah, each yeah. other Bestie like five years ago. But now it's like become like mainstream parlance on the internet, whereas Chugi is like a brand new word that's been invented, but sort of replaces an older word in the same way that like people went from saying cuck to saying simp. Right. And so it's interesting to me that like Gen Z are using some of our our internet words and then remapping or recreating new one. Yeah. I mean, 
Is that not just the same thing, though, is that they all have new words, but I think that the words have more... A shorter half-life, basically. Well, like, okay. If the half-life of basic was six years, probably. Like, basic was probably a big thing in 2014, 2015, and now it's it's weird to call someone basic. Yeah, it's kind of basic to call people basic. Yeah, exactly. Now, Tricky will probably last, uh, like, six months, maybe. I think it's already over, but, like, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's in the New York Times. Of course it's over. <laughs> To her, to her credit, she she did discuss this this very effect in our interview last week. So she's a, okay. she's aware that this happens. Um, but I think what's interesting though is that the the we're we're talking about second generation internet slang. Like we sort of created a bunch of words that have a bunch of functions, and now we're seeing an, a, another generation pick and choose which ones are good enough to keep and which ones need to be replaced. In the same way that like. If you had asked me 10 years ago what would be the defining meme of Generation Z, I would have not guessed Wojak, the, like, white, emotionless <laughs> man from 4chan. And yet he is, like, the predominant species of meme right now. Every meme is kind of a riff on Wojak. That's true. Oh, that's, yeah, hmm, that's quite weird to think of. Isn't it? Yeah. Like, I if mean, you went I... back in time and you're like, okay, what is going to be the meme that kids 10 years from now think is super funny? I would have just not said the, like, feels guy. I wouldn't have guessed feels guy. But but here's the thing. It, it, when you're thinking about it, it's like, do they find it funny? Is it funny? Do they know that it's not funny and therefore that's why it's funny? Do they know that it's not funny and therefore that's not funny, which is why it is funny? I don't know. I, I think it's all of those things simultaneously. I mean, this is a problem that a lot of radicalization researchers I follow have where they, I mean, they're sort of trained to see fascists everywhere and they're trained to see fascist yeah. iconography everywhere. And like, fair enough. If that's your thing, like, go for it. It makes the world a better place, I think. But, 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 but it's really hard to do that right now because like the, um, the beard no guy who I think I like did an, I, like I did a riff on a couple episodes ago, the like, he's got like the blonde beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is like a, I think that started as a hard, as a pretty hardcore white nationalist meme, but like it no longer has that kind of vibe to it or the the virgin chad meme which was like an incel thing that has now turned into like just an archetype of everything like it's like it's yeah. used for everything and so what's really weird is that there was this like the sky is falling feeling from like extremism researchers five years ago being like all of our memes are being turned into nazi shit and now we're seeing like all a lot of those memes stop being nazi shit yeah, which is quite weird. Or alternatively, not everyone's Nazis now. <laughs> Possibly. I mean, we we should. I mean, like, yeah, there is some of this, but also the idea of uh, making things that were previously Nazi into mainstream things is like a legit far right tactic of kind of insidiousness. And you can go like, well, it's not Nazi anymore. And that's true, it's not. But the next thing, if people go, that's Nazi, and it's like, that's what you said about the last thing. Turns out it wasn't. And then you know bad shit happens i agree and like uh you know you and i stare at this stuff all day and i do think that you know we're pretty good at being able to say like that's a nazi thing that's not a nazi thing and like most of these things i don't think are nazi things and so it doesn't mean doesn't mean that like the extremists aren't also using them which makes things confusing right yeah and like you know there's just no way to get everybody on the same page because it's the internet and it's chaotic there's also um a thing that you sent me, and this sort of reminds me of that, which is the uh, the Tim Burton Batman incident. 
Yeah, so I did not fully explore this, and I'm fascinated to know whether or not it's a it's a real thing because it is amazing. So 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 talk so talk about it. All right, so it is literally someone screen grabbing a TikTok where the person is saying if Tim Burton directed Batman films, uh, and then everyone's slightly losing their minds over it. Uh, one person <laughs> being like, "I can't understand why this per- this person doesn't know this. Why?" And then someone else being like kind of a great line like the response to this tweet being like don't generalize we're not obligated to know about what happened before we were born and willing to bet you don't know beethoven's entire discography some people do some people don't just how it works and i'm like that's true technically i mean the phrase beethoven's discography is like unbelievable it's unbelievable (laughs) like it's a i don't you know i don't want to be like the show where it's like two guys in their mid-30s like dunking on like (laughs) like teenagers but that phrase is fucking phenomenal <laughs> like, yes. i would name i would name a punk album that i would like make a punk band and put out an album called beethoven's entire discography wait no would the band be called beethoven <laughs> and then and then the album's called entire discography I, I love that i love that and i mean but this is this is sort of kind of related to the nazi thing too which is like they they don't know that Tim Burton made a Batman movie. And some of them also Do might they? not. I mean, maybe. I sometimes forget that Tim Burton made a Batman movie, and it was my favorite movie of all time for a long time. <laughs> it doesn't really fit into, like, the Tim Burton idea. And yet it also does, because there's, like, clowns at night, and that's, like, his whole thing. Yeah, that's What true. if clowns, but at night? That's Tim Burton. But I guess, like... Where do you think this all goes? You know, like, <laughs> I wish you guys could see Luke's face. I mean, I just, whenever we deal with this stuff and it's kind of like, where does this go? I don't. I ask this like every episode. Yeah. And I just, I never really know. I don't know where this stuff goes because I feel like a lot of this stuff we have seen happen a lot and that's fine. And we know that it happens and we know where it goes and we know why why it happens. What I don't understand is... Gen Z has never done the thing that I've expected them to do. Never. Not once. Yeah. I mean, the TikTok commune was one of those things where I was like, oh, of like, there's this feeling that every time Gen Z does something that's very Gen Z, I'm like, oh, of course they did that. And yet it's nothing that I ever expect. Okay. So I've just scrolled into this person's TikTok and it's a different... This is not what I thought it was at all. So this is actually way worse than what I thought it was, which was a Gen Z and not knowing what Tim, the Tim Burton director Batman movie. What this is is a Gen Zer doing extremely good, cynical, shareable content. Oh, is it bait? It's bait. The entire thing. I know. I don't know if it's bait for the reason that we think it's bait, but it is extremely stuff like. How does superglue stick to everything apart from the inside of its own bottle? That's like a whole video. Celebrity didn't realize the siblings. Um, pictures of cats in places they're not supposed to be. That's just a summary of a Twitter account. Uh, why did nobody tell me these two have a baby together? Like all of this stuff that is generally extremely cynical. And yeah, no, what this is, this is a person throwing everything a wall in an attempt to get followers, but in a really kind of, yeah painfully cynical way and i'm I'm so i'm really thrown by that because it means that the answer to this is is where does this go is is that i assume this person will run a media company in <laughs> five years. i mean 
Yeah, the idea, I mean, that is like, honestly, I was looking for like a really good way to end this, but I really can't think of anything better than the idea of like us laughing and dunking on a Zoomer for not knowing that Tim Burton directed Batman, but that Zoomer is clearly making content specifically to get us to have that reaction so that they can build up their social profile. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Wow. Oh God, Jesus! Okay, is this what being hoisted by your own petard feels like? I assume so. I mean, that's—I mean, that's it, though. That—that's the whole thing. I feel like is that like millennials are sitting and agonizing over like what words they're using or how they're dressing or like what memes they're sharing, and Zoomers are just like, whatever. Like, I don't, who cares? Like, it's the internet, you know. Like, they understand that it's it's elastic and it can just be whatever you want it to be. Yeah, none of this is real. None of this matters. It's all fine. Just have fun. <laughs> man should we oh, just God. should we just she's, have fun on the internet again she's she's got one that says uh i just found out that there's this place in scotland that looks exactly like harry potter world fuck she is so good at this <laughs> right that's one of the best ones i've ever seen that is so wait, wait send me the account i gotta see this i want to see this <laughs> wow that's so good uh, also she's one of the people who doesn't actually do the 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 proper audio she doesn't she, like, she doesn't speak into the thing uh she does the uh recorded machine audio oh okay yeah oh all of them are like this yeah it is an incredibly cynical bit of content work that actually i'm not surprised is quite effective even her thumbnails are all her head at the same angle like she's yeah. clearly figured out that like that's the thumbnail that like seems to yeah, work best. that's the angle wow so she's like taking clickbait articles yep and then she's reacting to them but not even really reacting to them she is just showing them this is next level yeah we gotta bring her on the show she has an understanding of content that we like we'll never have she should run the show oh my god i'm i I can't even focus because i want to click on all of her videos and find out what alcohol looks like under a a microscope or (laughs) wait luke it's perfect watch bait wait luke okay did you know that the mean gym teacher, like from Matilda, or you know, like the the mean teacher, the mean lady from Matilda, yeah, is the same woman from Harry Potter. I, I don't know. There were a lot of women in Harry Potter. I don't. I don't even have seen that movie. Most of those movies. She did a nine part series about actresses that you wouldn't believe played the same role. Like the same actress played two different roles. It's genius. She's genius. Wow. Yeah. This is great. I love that this episode ends with us getting owned. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, she, I mean, she has another thing, which is trends you'll know if you're British. Dude, I'm watching a video of her right now reacting to what it would look like if the sun exploded. <laughs> and it's a video. It's like a CGI video of the sun exploding. And it's sort of going like, wow. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. She's amazing. This is so good. Jesus. I just, this is... She posts so much, too. I can't even find the Tim Burton video. Well, yeah, because each of these takes like five minutes. And the views are crazy on these. Some They're all over this, which I find really fascinating because a lot of people have, I don't want to say similar timelines on them, but they have like a range. And her range is basically anything from 20,000 to about 20 million, which suggests like, yeah, it is pure watch bait. Well, it's interesting. If you go all the way back, she's doing like 1,000, 2,000... And then she gets up to like the 100,000, 200,000. And then like 
basically at a certain point, she's not getting anything below like 600,000 views. And it's so clear that she's figured out like how to do, she's basically doing like a million every other time towards the top of the page. It's just really wild because like, this is the stuff that you and I would sit in boardrooms and talk about and you'd like watch writers like get to this level and like, she's just like (laughs) figured out how to do it for fun on, on TikTok. And it's, it's, yeah. I mean, Luke, have you seen the new Disney movies coming in 2021? Because she made a video about it. It has 4.9 million views on TikTok. Uh, and it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just screenshots of, of the posters from different upcoming Disney movies. <laughs> and it's her going. Oh. But like, I can hear that. And I'm like, yeah, that would work. It's her. One of them has a Photoshop of Tom Holland as Peter Pan. Like, it's perfect. Like, she understands, <laughs> she understands this innately. I, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm, I think the thing that always blows me away these things is that everyone has that the these these the people who do this and she's not the only one and it's really smart is that they all figure out that roughly the same thing works and they and you can see them optimizing yeah and they don't think of themselves as optimizing like this I think is one of the most fundamental differences is between Gen Z and millennials millennials being like the first generation to like grow up with like computers and, and the internet and stuff uh and them to grow up with the internet being like fully freely available all the time is that they just understand that you optimize you're just constantly optimizing so you get a thing and you try try a version try a version try a version and then you figure out which ones do and you do more of them and that is like a really terrifying thing but it's also inevitable and not surprising and yeah i mean i have um i have uh, like that millennial hang-up where i feel self-conscious optimizing yeah but they have just, like yeah innately optimizing yeah i have like very weird self-conscious feelings about like authenticity and optimization (laughs) and all the rest of it and like you know i'll wrestle with those feelings for probably as long as i'm alive you know the one instinct in me is just be like fuck it i want to do whatever i want and the other instinct is me is like i should be as popular as humanly possible and those two things like fight like two wolves inside of me, you know. We have a thing happening in the UK right now, which is, uh, and we should probably go into this in more depth at some point. There is a there is basically a Twitter account called Politics for All. Well, it's not Politics for All because you couldn't get the account Politics for All. It's Politics for Ali, and the a- I is capital L. Oh, okay. so the, a- the latest L is capital I. Um, and it is run by an eighteen-year-old who has inadvertently hacked Twitter. I say inadvertently. He has done it by being a millennial, or sorry, uh, sorry a Gen Zuma who has optimizing uh and the problem is is what he basically does is he tweets uh headlines from news outlets Uh but reinterprets them in a way that makes them more effective now sometimes okay cool he's optimizing a headline sometimes he is pretty aggressively misrepresenting the story (laughs) in like a way that's like oh that is extremely close to misinformation um but obviously you know so for example one he did the other week was um uh the the vaccine program uh, by the welsh government is moving categories uh so by i think they said by the end of july it'll have vaccinated everyone under 30 now when he did it he said wales are starting to vaccinate people under 30 right now he put wales w-h-a-l-e-s awesome right everyone quote tweeted everyone was like ha ha and he immediately put a thing under it with an asterisk being like wales the country yeah now Wales is a singular, so Wales is vaccinating everyone, not Wales are. Right. So he absolutely definitely meant to do that. And it's fine, I guess, that he meant to do that. It's kind of funny, but he does with everything, and therefore is like a Gen Zer who is optimizing. 
and he's optimizing, but he's optimizing in a way that's like, ooh, you are optimizing things you shouldn't always be optimizing with. Uh, some of the stuff you're doing is doing is doing misinfo now. I see what you're. I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. No. I mean, you and I came across weird truths like that when you start to like use data too much, where you find out that like yeah. uglier things look better in thumbnails. Or I once had a data engineer tell me that the most viral article for any website would be a blurred body in motion in a backyard and it would be a numbered article that has a prime number over 20. Yeah. That is sort of the the platonic most clickable thing for Facebook. It's like everyone wants to know what that person is doing in their backyard. I also once heard an explanation that the most viral thing you can write about are things that are in people's pockets. And the yeah. second most viral thing our backyards because a backyard is essentially the pocket for your house. <laughs> I had that explained to me. And I was like, okay, all right, fuck, whatever. This, uh, this girl, this TikTok girl, whose name, by the way, is uh, Chantel F. I will link to her in the show notes. Uh, she did a uh, two-part series on what celebrities wore to their first red carpet and their last red carpet. That's perfect. But what I love, like, last red carpet... I was like, well, one of them is Jennifer Aniston. And I was like, she will be on more red carpets someday. Like, right, the most recent red carpet. Yeah, like, I don't, okay. I mean, it doesn't, whatever, none of this matters. And even, like, thinking about that just means that, like, I'm, I shouldn't be in this game anymore. Um, but speaking yeah. of content, Luke. you consumed any content this week to stay sane uh, i finally finished my robert moses book i've been reading incredibly slowly because it got to the middle i got to the middle section and like the the early section where he's rising to power is incredibly exciting and the last section where he's falling from power is incredibly exciting but there is a chunk in the middle where it's just explaining how much of a bastard he is for like 600 pages and uh it he's, takes a while he's one of history's greatest bastards like that is a fact just really bleak um and it's good that he eventually collapsed after just 49 years of absolute power over new york during which point he ruined it beyond repair i mean it's it's almost like a joke with new yorkers where like if if you talk to enough new yorkers at a bar or a coffee shop or something like the the conversation still in 2021 will eventually go to why robert moses is the worst person who's ever lived yeah and like all of the all of the incredibly dumb things about new york city i would say like at least 80 percent of them are directly his fault well, um, he, he was obsessed and basically the entire thing comes across is that when he was starting out in like the 1910s and 1920s he was like cars are great you drive your car you get in your car and you drive out to like the beach or whatever and then as he like progressed and gained huge amounts of power he then never drove a car again he was just in, in a limousine like working and didn't really notice where he was and as a result it was just like you just keep building roads roads are good why would we build subways and so just built vast numbers of roads in new york so many roads. New York City has so many roads. Yeah. And so many like bridges and things coming in. It just turns out, yeah, it's just this one guy who was just wouldn't stop building bridges and no one had the power to stop him. Well, Dick except Dick. Nelson Rockefeller. Right, right. <laughs> just had to basically get the richest man on earth to <laughs> stop him. And it took him years anyway. It took him years, yeah. Anyway, so what content have you been consuming to stay sane? Uh ska music, baby. It's back. <laughs> Everyone okay. at the beginning of the show was like, I wonder why Ryan talked about ska music. Well, here we go. Check off ska. It's, that it's, was foreshadowing. Yeah, I foreshadowed. There you go. Um, one of my favorite musicians, Jeff Rosenstock, uh, announced on April 1st 
that he would be uh, making a ska cover of his most recent album, No Dream. Okay. And he said that it would come out on 420. So I was like, oh, that's a pretty funny joke. And then he did do that. And it happened. And not only did it happen, it's so fucking good. <laughs> it's so good. It's uh, I've been a, I'm a lifelong ska fan. I, I love ska music quite a bit. And it. It's very exciting to have like a very good, well-made ska album that's out. But there's there's ska coming left and right right now. Like there's all kinds of great ska albums dropping. It feels like a really like there's like a really weird thing happening with like lockdown, making people really miss live music. And I think for a lot of people, when they think like fun live music, they think ska music. I really miss live music. I fucking miss it so bad. Um, <sighs> and like. There's also like a really cool thing where like a bunch of like trans and gender queer punks are taking ska music and they're like doing cool stuff with it. Uh, we are the Union are putting out uh, a, a new album that I haven't heard yet, but I'm I love the single. I'm very excited. And their lead singer uh, just came out as trans, and the whole album is kind of about her journey doing that. And so there's just like this great moment. Uh, Scott Two Network, uh, who I've interviewed for Garbage Day. They've made it their mission to build out non-binary spaces for ska and punk. And, like, there's just something that feels really right to me about, like, energetic, kind of, like, all-over-the-place ska music being, like, used by queer artists. I think it makes sense. Um, it's crazy that it took this long. Uh, ska's back, baby. Uh, it's happening. <laughs> um, I promise I will not... Uh, if I make a ska album in the next couple of months, I promise I will not promote it on this show. <laughs> I will just <laughs> quietly upload it to Bandcamp and okay, not tell anybody. Good. But Thank I've you. got the itch, you know. I've got the itch to make ska music, and I want to do That's it. Not I a good itch, out. man. That's not a good itch. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> scratch the itch. I gotta scratch the ska itch. Thank you guys for listening to the show this week. We next week are watching Furious Seven. Fast and Fur- Furious 7? Is it Furious 7? I think Dude, I never 7. know what these movies are called. And I can't yeah. ever remember which ones I've seen. Yes. Next week, we're watching Furious 7. It is part of the movie club we do for Patreon subscribers. Uh, that show is called Post Post Credit Scene. It's how we support this show. And also just like a fun way for Luke and I to keep watching movies. Uh, we make our way through different franchises and cinematic universes we did the dc movies now we're in the fast and the furious franchise next week is furious 7 which is the movie is paul walker's last movie so it's sort of a a big deal we are currently trying to decide which franchise we watch next um if you have ideas did you see the pitch in the discord for the spider-man movies i have seen that come around a few times i think i'm into that idea I'm really into that idea because there are enough that if we started watching them roughly after this we'd finish them as the new Spider-Man came out in December. I I think we should do it. I think okay. I let's put that in the like in the in the, the ca- probable like, column. Yeah, let's put that in the front runner and if there's anything that comes up in the meantime, you know, we but I think that I think I've seen that I've seen people suggest that a few times. And I'm curious. I've never actually seen the either of the Andrew Garfield ones. Well, it's it's weird because there's there's been basically three four Spider-Man universes if you include Into the Spider-Verse. Right. Uh, I don't know if we include Venom or not. Maybe. But, you know, there's... there's, there's, Yeah, there's a bunch of different Spider-Man universes all over the place. And this new Spider-Man is going to have all the Spider-Men in it. Probably not. But, you know. I think we should include Venom because Venom is the best movie ever made. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. Venom is... Uh, what if uh, Mrs. Doubtfire starred tim pool fighting elon musk yes okay yeah all right we should we should do yeah we should do spider-man uh we should do spider-man and we should do all of them and i think if we time it right then we have like we may need to find like 
two movies to watch in between and then we just time it straight into december and we'll be i think we can do it i think it'll make sense all right cool thank you guys for listening uh once again you can check out our patreon patreon.com slash the content minds we keep show notes on there we do bonus episodes and now there's discord access and uh, I will be putting recordings of any of the interviews I do for the side channel discord project on there. We've got two up so far. Uh, there's a tagging system. You can find most things in there, uh, but uh, Patreon's tagging hierarchies aren't easy, but basically all the side channel stuff is tagged SC. Um, and so far I have an interview there with uh, Matt Sancombe, the founder of the hard times. And I have one with New York times reporter, Taylor Lorenz. So definitely check those out. Those are open for everybody. I didn't put them behind a paywall. Um, and pieces of those interviews might make their way to Content Minds episodes, maybe, or something. Yeah. We'll figure out something fun. But thank you guys, as always, for listening. And, um, yeah, see you guys next week. Uh, I have to go um, make clickbait TikTok videos for clout. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Just-